0: Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest, Kevin Palmieri. He is the CFO, founder, and co-host of Next Level University, a global top 100 self-improvement podcast with more than 1,000 episodes and 600,000 downloads in over 125 countries. Kevin loves talking about consistency, commitment, habits, mindset, confidence, fear, relationships, limiting beliefs, and everything in between. Kevin believes in a heart-driven but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement and teaching others how to get to the next level of their lives. Kevin, welcome to the show. Lance thank you so much for
1: having me i appreciate it very much i'm excited to chat
0: yeah before we get into what you do now tell us how you got here you know are you from a family of entrepreneurs the first what led you here
1: yeah no definitely not no entrepreneurs in my family i was somebody who was successful at the job i was working in i was working in the weatherization industry so we would make buildings more energy efficient that was my that was my job in a nutshell found quote unquote success at 26, realized success was not that for me, ended up sitting on the edge of a bed debating suicide. Oh my and goodness. I started a podcast in between all that. And when I realized that I didn't want to do that job anymore, I said, I want to do this podcasting thing forever. I feel like I can really do something with this. So it came out of nowhere, started mm-hmm. a podcast and then realized, well, if you're going to do this forever, you have to make a living doing it. So that was the the entrepreneurial part of how do you really start and scale a business?
0: Yeah. So you just dove right in. No, no experience. necessary. like prior to that, you just went no, full yeah. bore, huh? Now.
1: I have a, I have a wonderful business partner. So I always talk about the importance of the, having the humility to understand that, but I have no background in, you know, how many people are CFOs because they went to school for many years to be a CFO. That was not my journey. And uh, entrepreneurship was very new to me five years ago.
0: Unpack that a little bit more the the hum the humility of the humbleness about mm. having a business partner. What is that? I have a business partner, so I'm always curious to know from hear from other people like yourself who have business partners if yeah. they reflect sort of the same things that I see in mine.
1: Yeah, I when I started this, I started this podcast by myself. This was my quote unquote my baby. But when it got to the point where we said, all right, we're actually making money now, and we're bringing on a team, and we have to figure out like our brand identity, and we have to form some layers of leadership who should be the CEO? And I said to my business partner, I said, you have to be the CEO. I do, I should not be the CEO. This is a terrible idea. If I'm the CEO, we're probably gonna fail because I'm not the visionary here. You're the visionary. So anytime I speak about humility, it's just, let's just be honest about what is. I'm good at these things. You're really good at these things. It's only holding us back, the world back, the community back, the team back, our families back if we convince each other that we're not good at what we are and we, you know, we don't have the humility to understand you're better suited for this. So that's, that's always my goal, but that, that was definitely a challenge in the beginning. I think we all at some level want to believe we did it ourselves, but I don't think anybody's done it. I don't think anybody's really self-made, right? right? Unless you built this microphone and the camera, you're not, you're not self-made. Nobody is.
0: Yeah, exactly. That term gets thrown around quite a bit. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of words you use like consistency, commitment, habits, mindset. I love all of that kind of stuff. And I, I would love a little bit more elaboration on it. And I'm sure our listeners would too. Let's talk about consistency. You know, why is it? So how have you found
1: why it is so important? Uh, many, many different reasons, but if you think of consistency as a through line of your business, of your brand, that means the audience or community experience is always the same. The customer experience is always the same. The content you put out is always valuable. So the importance of consistency for everybody is it's very hard to improve if you're not focused on doing it every single day. The other part of it is things compound. So the example I always use is we had 1,050 downloads in our first year. If we didn't continue going and going and going, we never would have gotten to where we are. We would have said, oh, we tried, but we only had 1,000 downloads. Oh, we tried, but we only had 40,000 downloads. If you do something long enough and you focus on consistent improvement, over the long haul, you can really accomplish some amazing things. And the example I always use, Lance, is I can't do the splits right now. If I tried to do the splits, you'd have to pull me off the floor. It would be bad news. But if I practice the splits today and tomorrow and the next 363 days after that, odds are I'd be able to do them. But if I took every other day off, that probably wouldn't happen. So consistency compounds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it, It really does compound 100%. Yeah. I mean, if you're improving 1%, and you do it every day and eventually you get to a hundred percent. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Andrew Tate lately. And one of the things he says is that, uh, that I really liked is he says uh, the best things that have ever happened to me are the worst things that ever happened to me. And I feel like that could relate to um, you know, your opinion about um, can someone really succeed without struggle? You know, is it just compared to the person who maybe they have a silver spoon in their mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Is that person, really succeeding compared to the other person who had some struggle and strife in their life.
1: Mm. I always think of it too from the frame of a lot of people are going to tell you, here's five ways to succeed without failure, without struggle, without suffering. I don't believe that actually exists. I believe by definition, success requires you fighting against resistance. If you want to be stronger in the gym, you must continue progressing with weight or you know reps and all that, but it has to get harder. More resistance equals more strength, as long as you can use it in a positive way. So I don't know that you can really, let's put it this way, you can't maximize your potential without struggle. By definition, if you're pushing the ceiling up, there is going to be a struggle there. I think that we had a a long time where we were grind, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. I think the pendulum has swung too far to the other side of, well, if it's meant to be, it'll be, just show up when you feel like it. I think the truth is somewhere in in the middle. I think it's aligned grind. I really do believe Mm. you can grind in an aligned way. That is the key, but it will be challenging. And I think there will be struggles. I think there has to be.
0: Yeah. That was an interesting phrase, aligned grind. Unpack that a little bit more for us. What is that? What is maybe an example you can give us?
1: Yeah. Well, it's hard, right? Because I think it's personal. I think the aligned part is personal, but I can sit. So, okay, let's do this. I've done 245 podcast episodes in the last 90 days. For me, that's easier than somebody who doesn't love podcasting. Now, is that a grind? Absolutely. It's one of the most challenging things I've ever done, but I believe it's easier for me cuz it's aligned. I love doing it and mm-hmm. it's bringing me closer to my goals and I'm not complaining about it cuz I love doing it. I watched a, a James Clear, um James Clear wrote Atomic Habits. I watched her interview recently. He said so many people say your genius zone comes easily to you. I said, and he said, I think it's actually the opposite where maybe your genius zone is the thing that you're able to suffer through longer and easier than everybody else. And that was a really interesting Hmm. perspective. And I think, I really think that. So yeah, maybe for you, the aligned grind is working out in nature when it's cold because you enjoy it. That's, it's easier for you than somebody who wouldn't. Therefore, you'll probably progress further because it's actually aligned.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. Interesting. So you're obviously a fellow podcaster. Everybody heard from the, uh, from the intro there mm-hmm. and a uh, thousand episodes is a, is a, is n- no laughing matter. I mean, that is, that is a very, there's an aligned grind that has been mm-hmm. successful for you. So what is the biggest thing you think you've learned from recording over a hundred or a thousand episodes? Excuse me.
1: Uh, the number one thing is it will never go exactly how you think it will and how you react to that will determine how it goes next time. So one of the – even when we logged on, you said, hey, your mic's loud. And in my mind, it's like, how is that possible? It's never <laughs> happened before. What's, go, like, what's going on logistically to yeah. make that actually happen? That's awesome. I'm glad that happened before and it didn't happen during because now sure. that's a, a card I have in the deck that I will always remember. So, yeah. The, the more you do something, the more opportunity for failure there is. But if you can flip it on the head, the more opportunity for success there is because you can avoid making the same problems over and over again.
0: Yeah. One of the most interesting things I think about content creators, I mean, we're both content creators, obviously this will be on YouTube and stuff like that. Is like, have you found that we struggle with, you know, we're trying to always put out, we're trying to be consistent. We're trying to put out good content. But are you surprised about sometimes where you're like, you finish a podcast episode, for instance, and you say, oh, that was a banger. I mean, this one, I feel like this one's really going to go viral. And then it flops. And then all of a sudden you see the next week, it's like, "Ah, that one is okay. I mean, at least I'm staying consistent. And then it goes everywhere. what, What is with that? I mean, do you think that's just the universe and the way it works? And that's what's so important about being consistent. I mean, have you found a formula where you are finding a zeitgeist in the moment that leads to content that will
1: reach more people? Yeah. It's very hard because you kind of, the, the content that usually goes is the stuff that's the most controversial, especially in our space. So I always say this, we're kind of the kale of self-improvement. We're not going to go viral. I have no plans (laughs) of that. I'm not planning on that that that's not going to happen most likely for us because we just talk about stuff. That's not that sexy. The fundamentals kind of suck. They're not that sexy. It's true. So it, for us, it's more about the community, but yeah, I really think that one of the things about being a podcaster is you get to name your episodes. So you can always say, okay, what are the top problems my listeners are struggling with? And then name your episodes better and better and better. And you'll get more listens based on that. But when it comes to content, yeah, it's, it's hard you have to catch attention very quickly. And oftentimes you have to be on one line or the other. And that's just, that's just not in the brand for us.
0: Yeah. I, I think you, I think that for me, that was probably the thing that resonated with me most is the naming thing. It's very interesting. And you do notice that like, Oh, I just, it seems like when I name things in a certain way versus a, something that's a little bit more generic, they do go a little bit further, but yeah, it's a constant struggle. Thanks for that. Of course. Um, if people, people, there's, you know, we have a lot of listeners and people might be listening and they say, well, I'm an introvert and I don't have a lot of confidence. Like, what do you tell people th- who aren't confident, want to become more confident? How can they do that? Is there just some fundamental things that you recommend?
1: Yeah. The first thing I would say is I'm also an introvert, believe it or not. I do not like being in the public eye. I'm just very used to it at this point, And it's part of the mission. So it helps. I always say this. Number one, be careful how you identify. If you're Mm. coming out and saying, I'm not a confident person, you're already holding yourself back because Mm. you must, you're going to act in alignment with what you think your identity is. I try to break it down and say this, what is the next available fear that you can face? So I had a, uh, not a client, a person reach out to me. I want to be a speaker, and a podcaster like you. Awesome. I know a guy I can help you. Let's do this. I said, on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you can do a Facebook live right now? And she said, negative two. No way I could do that. It it's, would be the worst in the world. On a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you could record a video on your phone and show nobody? She said, 10. That's that was easy. On a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you could record a video and send it to me? And I promise I won't show anybody. And she's like, oh, that's probably like a, I don't know, maybe like a three or a four. I said, good, mm. let's do that. That's the next available fear for you to chase. It's not too big where you're not going to do it. It's not too big, where if it goes wrong, it's going to break your spirit. It's something that basically what you're doing is you're stepping up on a chair and you're seeing new possibility. And it's like, oh, there's another fear over there that Mm -hmm. never seemed possible, but now it seems a little bit more possible. So a simple thing is, if you want to be more confident, start looking people in the eye. When you walk down the aisle at a supermarket, start looking people in the eye and watch how fast people look away. And you will be the person who has the confidence to hold eye contact. That's a very simple example, but after that, it's okay. Start a conversation with a stranger. Next time you're out in public and things get weird, don't pull out your cell phone. Leave your cell phone in your pocket and just observe the crowd. Those small things add up over time, and you'll realize, oh wow, it's way easier than it's ever been.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I love that because you know, like I remember there was a certain point to starting our our show. You hate your voice, and then yeah. it just that goes away after a while and actually kind of become you kind of actually after a certain amount of episodes, for me, I thought I felt like it was about a hundred episodes, and then I was like, "Oh, my voice isn't that bad. Why did I think it was so bad um for that? And it was just incremental all, all all the time. Yeah, um, when you were sitting on the edge of your bed and you were contemplating suicide, you know, you said it sort of where the birth of where you're at now just kind of came from nowhere. Can you relate that to then somebody who's listening to this and how they could find their purpose?
1: Yeah, I really think that many of us, when we say, I want to find my purpose, we start looking externally when, from what I have seen, most people have already lived or experienced or practiced their purpose. My purpose came from my deepest pain. My purpose came from, I believe if self-improvement was more accessible and acceptable, I would not have gotten to the point where I was sitting on the edge of the bed. I would have a self-awareness to understand myself where I wouldn't have gotten there. I believe that if you can look into your past and say, okay, what are some of the things that I believe are injustices in the world? What really makes me sad? When I go to the beach, I see a bunch of litter. It makes me sad where I don't even want to go to the beach. Maybe your purpose is somewhere in that pain. Your purpose is to solve that problem. Mm. I think what a lot of people struggle with, Lance, is the vehicle. Everybody wants to make something better, but they don't believe it's possible, sustainable, or profitable. Everybody says, okay, I want to do, I want to be an ambassador for change. I'll start a podcast. Now you have your vehicle. So I would check in with what are the things that make you really angry? What are the things that make you really sad? What's something that you talk about every day that you don't believe gets enough attention in the world? Those are some good questions to ask in terms of your purpose. But after you find out what you feel you're meant to be doing or delivering, we have to help you find a vehicle. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. Having a podcast that makes money does not seem realistic for many people. So if that vehicle does not seem accessible, you're not going to deliver your purpose in that way.
0: Right, right. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to my show because it is for entrepreneurs. Um, it's heavily weighted in the, in the design category and everything, but they're still entrepreneurs. Yeah. What, what, is one, what, what is the most powerful piece of advice that you could give to some of our entrepreneurs, early ones specifically?
1: Uh, I would say, I always say scale the unscalable. Uh, a buddy said that to me one time, uh, shout out to Mark Metry. He said, scale the unscalable, Kev. Every time somebody sends you uh, a follow, like on Instagram, send them a video, send them a custom video. If you're early in business, every single one of your clients is twice, five, 20, 50 times more valuable, make sure they're getting a personal touch. And I had, I went on a show recently and and this person said, well, that's not what my my listeners are looking for they're looking to do more and less time. I said, mm. if you do pour into your community, you will do more and less time because they'll be more bought in if If you have a product that you're shipping to them, handwritten note sit down and spend an hour writing fifty handwritten notes. That will go a long way, so yeah, really treat your customers and your audience like the valuable members of your team that they are because you can't do business without them
0: hundred percent, yeah uh. So self-awareness is something that you're obviously, you're very self-aware of your own self-awareness, right? I mean, it seems like you do some, you've done some, a lot of inner thinking and and like you said, you're not looking, you weren't looking for externalities to solve the problems and help you move up and level up. Um, some people are not there. How do they get there? How do they get to be a more self-aware person? Do you recommend meditation? You know, what are some methods that you use?
1: I always start by just, and again, I'm, you can tell I'm a pretty simple, I give very simple advice. That's all yeah. my goal. Uh, start asking why. Uh, really? I mean, I know it sounds overly simplistic, but if, if you and your partner are getting ready to go out to dinner tonight and you start having doubts of like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Why? Well, we're meeting new people. Why? Well, when we're meeting new people, my partner uh, doesn't introduce me and it gets weird. Okay. Why? Oh, I've never had a conversation with my partner. Why? Because mm. I'm afraid like that, that one practice, that's it. Because every single thing that we have in our reality is based on some sort of belief. And the belief is just compounded and it's been poured into, and we've hung on to it. If you ask yourself why, when you're making or not making certain decisions, I guarantee you'll be more self-aware, but you have to sit with it. It's very easy to say, I don't know, you know. If you sit there long enough and you force yourself to to just sit on that thought, you'll come to a new awareness. So, yeah, I think that's probably the most valuable use of your time early on is just asking yourself why or listening to something that makes you question your own unique reality, whatever that is for you. Joe Rogan did that for me in the beginning. Like, why is everybody so miserable when they go to work? And that was like, whoa, I'm I'm that Hmm. I'm miserable when I go to work is that not okay? Paradigm shift. And then, you know, new awareness and new behavior. So yeah, start asking yourself why, and just sit with the discomfort. It is a wonderful, wonderful hack.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, Next Level University. Um, you know, where did the name come from? Just kind of, you know, if we haven't covered where it sort of started from, and then where do you think it's going and, and, and why should people kind of take a look at it? So
1: it started, and you'll like this, it started as the Hyperconscious Podcast acutely aware. I want to be, I want to be conscious of everything. One of our mentors, Evan Carmichael said, uh, that name kind of sucks. And uh, (laughs) you guys are really good interviewers and you're smart and you're great podcasters, but I never remember the name. I think you need to change the name to something else. So my business partner and I sat down and I usually do most of the naming and the titling. And I said, okay, well, we say next level all the time. That pizza was next level. That movie was next level. All right, let's, let's see what, what that is. What are we trying to become? It's kind of like a university. We want to have an online campus. What if we just do next level university? And that was that was how it came up. And we said, that's a 10. We're running with it. We rebranded after 500 episodes. And then we were off to the races. The podcast is the biggest thing we do in terms of public facing. But under the podcast, we have one-on-one coaching and business coaching and podcast coaching. We have a bunch of different things that we do so we can serve our community, our clients to the best of our ability. What are we doing in the future? Really just more of what we're doing now. I, I think that we're at a unique part where we have the infrastructure of our business fully built. Now it's just saying, okay, now we're ready for the supply. I mean, we have the supply. We're ready for the demand. Let's just keep growing the way we're doing it, and just fill in all these things that we've already built. So, more podcasts, more speeches, more coaching, more clients, more impact, and more profitability.
0: Beautiful. When you so how how when did you start your podcast? What year was it? Uh, Two thousand seventeen. Okay, same same with us. Um, when, so then I think you said you had like a thousand downloads the first year. Yeah. Um, What was the, what was the growth like? Was it slow and steady or did it get exponential at a certain point? Do you remember like an inflection point and what kind of, what maybe was why there was an inflection point?
1: Yeah. So we did, I think we did 1000, 28,000, 75,000. And then that was really like us kind of winging it. We've really started to go more exponential lately where we're getting, You know, we got like 3,600 downloads the other day. So we got Mm. 3x what we got in the first year in one day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really think it's number one, we pour into our community more than anybody else. I am so convinced of that. So much so where we do do seven episodes a week, an episode every single day Mm. because that's our brand. We are Mm -hmm. in your pocket every day from anywhere in the world completely for free. But I make sure and Alan makes sure that we're trying to pour extra, extra as much as we can. That's one piece of it. But I think the other thing, too, is when you get to a certain amount of episodes, you become more bingeable. So I think there's a common misconception that your latest episode is going to have the most downloads. So just as an example, that day we had 3,500 downloads, you know, maybe 10% were from the latest episode. People go all the way back. Yes, they do. Yeah, right to episode five, six, seven, eight. That kind of exponential growth can happen when you have that much content. So I think that's a a big part of it too, but we really honed in on the data. that's really one of the things that I think is helping us is to your point about titles earlier. I know with a pretty high likelihood, if I use certain words, certain phrases, if I solve certain problems, those episodes will always do the best. So I try to make sure that I'm, adding value based on what I know our audience really, really needs.
0: Yeah. 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 Way to go, man. I mean, congrats on all the success and the grind. It's very inspiring to hear that. Thank you. Uh, We're running up on the half hour here, Kevin. And I've got always, there's two questions I always ask everybody that's a guest in this show. And uh, first one is knowing what you know now, and if you can go back in time to when you first started the podcast, what is one piece of advice you'd give your former self?
1: It's going to take longer than you think. I really, really think that our expectations are thrown off. Many of us think we're running one-mile sprints when we're doing 26-mile marathons. And when your expectations are off, your approach is off. And that's why people people don't fail. People quit. That That's just it. The podcast industry is notorious for this. Mm-hmm. Like, What is it? 75% of shows that started are no longer in production? That yeah. is a wild, wild, wild stat. So if you just keep going, it's probably going to take longer than you think. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Maybe you're actually doing something very right. It just hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Playing playing life like a, like a 18-hole golf course or a marathon, I think is so critical. Lowering their expectations, uh, very, very much keys to success. Kevin, this has been fantastic. Um, if people want to learn more about your show, yourself, what you guys do, Next Level University, where can people find to follow you?
1: Yeah, I always just say, go search Next Level University. It's on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. You'll find us. And then if you have any questions, comments about podcasting, anything, you can just send me a direct message. My handle is at neverquitkid on Instagram.
0: Beautiful. Kevin, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure.